0: Hey there listeners, Rockman here, and it's been a while since I've done a pre-episode update, but towards the end of the episode, we discussed the launch of our new YouTube channel and failed to mention the name of the channel. Plain and simple, it's Just Crew 3 Podcast. If you go right now, when this episode first releases, it will most likely just be our channel preview, but our first gameplay and deck tech for Croxerac will be up shortly over the weekend. We look forward to bringing you all this new avenue of pioneer content as we continue to grow with and explore this great format. Thanks for listening. (laughs) Welcome back to an episode of Crew 3. I'm your host, Ruckman. With me, as always, are my co-hosts, Chris and Ricky. Gentlemen, say hello. Hey. Hey, what's up? All right, Chris, I know you got a special announcement for us. Before we get to that, let's just do a quick rundown of what we're going to talking about. We have some exciting news as a ban list update has been announced for next Monday. And then we're going to take a look at, uh, you know, we're going to be planning these big these big events we talked about at the end of last week's episode. And we're going to talk about some of our favorite cards and Pioneer, before rounding out with, again, we're going to a user submission, a listener submission for Does It Slap? All right, Chris, the floor is yours. What is your Crew 3 special
1: announcement? Thank you. Uh, as you guys know, I just got back from a extensive trip uh, to Seattle, Washington. And while I was there, of course, I made the trip to um, the Mecca, ...of Magic Cards, the Olive Garden at Strander Boulevard in Tequila, Washington. (laughs) And uh, I got my degree in investigative uh, journalism last week online uh, through a shady YouTube channel. And I knew that I needed to figure out what was going on. So, to prepare for this trip, I went and got a generic black polo, black shorts, white Reeboks, and a Livestrong bracelet circa 2012. And I flew to Seattle went to that Olive Garden, and very calmly asked for the usual table for Wizards of the Coast staff. Now at that point, the hostess asked me for a password, and I had not thought of one. But very quickly, and without panic, I looked her straight in the eyes and said, Down with Garfield. And that worked. That got me in. She took me to the corner, usually reserved for Watsy staff, and I quickly jotted down my surroundings. And the one thing that I noticed that unfortunately I could not get out to you guys before the announcement this morning was made was that there's a dartboard in the corner of the Olive Garden on Strander Boulevard. It's divided into four sections, okay? On each of those four sections, one section says, Print a Foil Collector Product. There were a lot of dart holes on that section of the dartboard, okay? The next one was Destroy Organized Play also a lot of, lot of little dart holes in that one. The next one read, design an extremely aggressively costed card. You and I would call that OP busted, but Watsi has their own, their own language for things. And, in the last one, where a fresh dart stood, was ban an extremely aggressively costed card. So, unfortunately, before I could take pictures, I was snuffed out and kicked out of the Olive Garden. But I was aware that there was a band coming. Uh, I managed on the way out to take a blurry photo that will go up on Twitter uh, as this as this uh, episode comes out. But I just wanted you guys to know that I figured out the the process for how Watsy makes decisions. Decisions.
0: Wow. Well, that is uh, that is certainly a lot to take in, Chris. And yep. uh, we we appreciate at uh, Crew Through Podcast. We definitely appreciate your bravery and dedication in going out there and putting your life and our credibility on the line yep. to bring this information to us.
1: All of that definitely happened.
2: That was a top-notch. That's some top-notch journalism right I there. Wanted, I want to know,
1: mm-hmm. how did you get found out? What gave you away? Did you, do you know what gave you away? Yeah, I, I actually know exactly what it was. Um, they came over and asked me for my order. And okay. uh, I said, I would like a minute to think about it. And they said, you're not just going to get the chicken parm? And I was like, Oh, I knew I messed up. Um, she told me that you guys, every single one of you always usually orders chicken parm. <laughs> and I said, well, my wife um, put me on a diet. And she said, none of you have wives or girlfriends. And that was where <laughs> that was where I think I got snuffed out. Okay. I'm pretty sure Mark Rosewater's married with children. I don't think, I'm not sure how Mark, like Mark Rosewater plays into this. Okay. As far as how often he comes. He may not be part of the Olive Garden social, you know? So
0: so are is the Olive Garden social? So what what I'm getting here is, mm-hmm. is are interns just running the show then?
1: I, again, I, I have no idea. Um, okay. I thought about whether or not I should bring people in with me or not. Okay. Um, but, you know, just... Well, I figured I, I would go like, in solo this time.
0: You know, it's going to be a little hard to find mm-hmm. more Live Strong bands circa 2012. Yeah, uh, but hopefully, you know, maybe we get away with some earlier editions or I some more, some more recent editions. And uh, I think we all, as a group, try and
1: go. Yeah, next time I'll make sure I bring you guys with me. Obviously, you know,
0: we um, you know I, now uh, what happened, what where, right. where we we got hung up on.
1: Uh, you might have to extremely a fake... cheap tickets to Seattle, Washington don't come along every we're, every week. You know
0: we're gonna have to get you like a fake mustache or something just so to better disguise you so the waitresses don't recognize you.
1: Yes, yes. Next time um, we'll have to do something. Maybe switch up the color of polo. Maybe okay. switch the bracelet to like um, some other generic cause, something like that. Got, like, you like, know? As as but G. definitely Olmen. the the key important thing there was the Reeboks and the generic polo. Those are the That'll get you in, 100%. I, I only settle for Adidas. Mm, I think that that's close enough, in my opinion. OK. All right. Good, mm-hmm. good, good. All right. Any other questions? Any other things? Obviously, I, I wasn't there for a super for sure. long time, and I didn't get no. a ton of photos. Uh,
0: definitely. No, I mean, we're. I feel like my questions are to be answered uh, right now mm-hmm. when I raise the question to, again, as Chris uh, pointed out, that we did. Uh, he unfortunately couldn't get the news out before it was announced on Twitter that we are right. getting a ban list. Update on Monday um, So unfortunately Chris uh, They broke it before you get your story out But I can't wait to see you break uh, What's getting, being banned ahead of time uh, So gentlemen let me f- raise the question to you What gets banned on Monday? Obviously you know In a sense of Pioneer I know Ricky's going to say uh, Splinter Twin gets unbanned in Modern um, And right. I'm going to say we unban Oko in Standard But mm-hmm. what gets banned or unbanned In Pioneer
2: They unbanned Splitter Twin in Pioneer <laughs> <laughs> okay. Unprecedented the, move. Bold, Unprecedented bold, bold
0: strategy, move. Cotton. Um, let's see how it pays off.
2: But uh, I would also say uh, that Inverter of Truth is just gone because I don't think Wattsy wants to think about it anymore.
0: So we're just going to ban the combo outright. Yeah. Okay. And I've also, you know, um, seen some rumblings about we should also just do something about Breach. Um. So, do you do something about that deck now? And if so, what?
2: You probably ban the breach, and then Lotus Storm still gets to be a fine, like one point five to two tier deck. Okay. I mean, that's what I want to do. Like, let's just ban the Broken Theros card. Okay. But uh, you could also just you could also just ban uh, Fae of Wish. You could ban anything, and that deck falls apart. Really. Sure. You could be able to pour uh, over the pages and that deck can't win.
0: Probably, You're probably right there. Uh, Chris, do you want to give us your answer, or should I go and you can save your, uh, the results of your findings here?
2: Well,
1: unfortunately, because the dartboard was just chaotic and nonspecific, um, I didn't get a lot of direct answers. I can only tell you that if we make repeat trips, we'll be able to know what's coming that week. Okay. Whether or not it's a foil collector product or another destructive organized play <laughs> announcement. Okay. Um, but if I had to guess what the Chicken Parm Fiends want, uh, I would probably say that we're getting a Inverter of Truth ban and a Dig Through Time ban, maybe. Okay. Only because I've heard a lot of people complain about the card, and I do see it creating a problem whenever we have more potential combo decks. Sure. I, I am not in favor of banning it. I think it's existed fine up to this point. But I, I, I am honestly so tired of hearing people complain and point to that card that I would rather it be banned than ever have to listen to another person complain about Dig Through Time.
0: My, my thing with Dig Through Time, right, and I feel like we've defended a lot in this podcast that Dig Through Time is the card that shouldn't be banned. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think finally more eloquent people have been putting uh, an argument out there to ban Dig Through Time and I think it is the only argument that I have agreed with on why to ban Dig Through Time, is that in a sense, I feel like you can attribute the issues of the Nexus of Fate deck, Mm -hmm. and you could also attribute the issues of Inverter of Truth to Dig Through Time. Sure. And I feel like if you ban something out of Inverter and the deck doesn't exist, it is only a matter of time again until something comes out to break Dig Through Time again. Right. And I'm sure you can argue that it's already too good in like blue light control. Um, now, I would still like to see dig around, but I think if that is the reason given to ban dig through time, I am not going to be too like hurt about it. But sure. I still think that uh, inverter without dig through time is probably still going to be around as like a tier one and a half deck, maybe like a really good tier two. Oh, and yeah. I do ag- I do agree with Ricky that almost I do think that. Uh, if we do see a ban out of Inverter, which, again, if we do, because there's no guarantee that we are, but I feel like the timing here lines up that we are going to see something happen with at least Inverter of Truth. Um, they are just going to ban Inverter outright if they just want to kill the deck. Uh, I am a fan of can we ban just Jace or Oracle and see how we go along there, but I don't want to see it still be an issue and we have to just revisit this again here in a week or two. Mm-hmm. Uh, And I've I've seen a lot of arguments about Underworld Breach now Uh, I've seen a lot of good pro player input, right? Where they've just said that they feel like uh, Breach is just a Actually way more powerful of a deck than Inverter, right? And I can definitely see it uh, becoming way more prominent post-Inverter ban If nothing happens to it And Ricky obviously is arguing for a ban on Underworld Breach Uh, Do you have an opinion on that matter?
1: Myself? Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. They they printed several cards in Theros that, um, again, Ricky kind of made the point, and I saw some other people make the point where it's like, you know, who is going to use this as a fair card? Right? Like, it, it can only do broken things. So, like, the card is only pretty much ever underwhelming or overpowered. Sure. And... Uh, That can be interesting, like, it's definitely nice to have powerful effects, but in this case, like, I I think you definitely could ban um, Thassa's Oracle and put a reasonable hit on Lotus Breach and...
2: Demi- i don't think Thoughts uh,
0: vertical does enough to Underworld breach i think if you're looking at breach i feel like you have to ban either
1: breach or lotus field yeah but my thing is like that deck has not been the top of the of the of the brass for a couple weeks like you're taking a tool away from it like they absolutely can because they have enough mana to go get other things but you know um it's a cheaper way for them to win so i i'm not saying that like Takes the deck out or anything like that. I'm just saying, like, that's a card that, again, because it kind of has a win the game clause on it, like, I don't know who's playing that for just the value of its enters the playability. Like, people sure. are pretty much always playing it for the wins of the game. So, that's the one where, like, nobody was really playing Inverter with Jace before, and that was an option. Yeah. Uh, maybe they still will because they've seen how powerful, like, thoughts using your opponent multiple times in a game is to having your combo. But, point is, I think that it gets way less consistent. And, to my, in my opinion, it's not a problem if you take the Oracle out. But, again, I understand getting the named card, too. So I would probably be in favor of them taking out Thassa's Oracle, Underworld Breach, you know, I don't know. Again, it's, it's one of those cards that kind of the whole start of it was it with, can only ever do broken things, so. Sure. With,
0: with Breach, I think it is an interesting conversation of if you ban either Lotus Field or Underworld Breach, mm-hmm. I think you are still going to be left with a tier 1.5, tier 2 deck. And it sure. just becomes... Which deck do you think is more acceptable in the format? Mm-hmm. Uh, whether that be Lotus Field combo, you know, Hidden Strings, the deck that we've seen, you know, within the first few weeks of the format, right? Like it was sort of a fringe strategy that sort of picked up some steam here and there. Mm-hmm. And outside of Underworld Breach is actually, I think, still pretty similar to what they're playing now. It just doesn't have uh, an immediate go infinite like it does um, currently using Underworld Breach. Sure. Whereas with. Uh, if you ban Lotus Field, you're going to see a version of just go back, going back to Underworld Breach and Chronic Flooding, that type of build, right. which I don't think is as powerful as the Hidden Strings Lotus Field deck. But again, it's Underworld Breach feels like one of those cards that just something is just going to get printed down the line where they're not thinking of because as we can see, you know, sometimes they print cards for standard legal sets that they don't even... Well, honestly, sometimes, you know, they don't even consider the power level of standard when they print the cards, let alone more eternal formats, non-rotating formats. Mm -hmm. So I think leaving Underworld Breach, just like the argument for leaving Dig Through Time around, it just is something that is there that is just going to do unfair
2: things. I mean, like, Pact of the Titan goes infinite with Underworld Breach. Yeah. Like, it's really dumb. Like, the card's just really, really powerful. And like something down the line will make it broke broke again. Mm-hmm. So I feel like you just like while we're in here getting rid of this whole inverter of truth problem, might as well just get the underworld breach. Sure. And leave Heliod alone. And
0: again, like I I this isn't a hate. This isn't a hit on Combo and Pioneer. I like Combo existing in Pioneer. I like Pioneer uh, before really this sort of air quotes Combo Winter 2.0 or whatever you want to call it. Right. Taking over, I feel like Pioneer is a very open format and still can be. I mean, Chris, we've been, you know, recording videos for the upcoming YouTube channel for the last couple weekends now, We're just sort of testing and actually filming, recording videos, right? Mm-hmm. And you know, we've been playing non-inverter decks, and we've still been seeing a wide variety of strategies, you know, that don't even necessarily show up as major blips on. Um, the radar of, of leads oh, yeah. and stuff like that. Like this it's format, been a, is still, it's been a
1: brewer's paradise. It really has been. It is it is
0: a very awesome format, and I hope that uh, you know I don't I, I you know I want a meta to shake out so you know the brewers can figure out what to target when they're when they're other cool things, or if you just want to go do whatever you want to do on your own, I think Pioneer is a good home for that. But when mm-hmm. you have decks like Underworld Breach, like Inverter, running around, it just kind of hampers that like ingenuitive spirit and it kind of drives those people away from the format
1: yeah I didn't mind initial kind of jankier
2: possibility storm type stuff
1: uh, I mean, I was actually thinking, yeah, but I was thinking about Lotus Field in particular mm-hmm. um, because like the initial thing of that deck was like it was it kind of popped up and people were like, oh look at this cool thing. Yeah. It was kind of cool. It was kind of wonky. It took quite a bit of setup, but if you could do it, you you it eventually like, got there. And it know? was like
0: Omniscience into Enter the Infinite into Jace, right? Like it had it was like a three piece combo.
1: Yeah, or you would fave wishes for yeah, right? You fave wishes for something and and, mm-hmm. and try and go for it from there. Um, or you got blue so, yeah. finale. Hmm. And then, like I said, we had the Possibility Storm combo, which is kind of wonky. It didn't put up a lot of competitive results, but it, it was fun. You know what I'm saying? I, I yeah. kind of like the fun versions of these decks where they're somewhat competitive, but again, they, they definitely take some work to set up. And then and again, a, deck like...
0: that, a deck that we've played, uh, if you don't mind me, sorry, just stepping on mm-hmm. you here. Yeah. I just want to add another combo deck here in that um, really there's a lot of fear of a Heliod combo, and maybe it is just because Inverter has been keeping those decks at bay, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but in our playtesting with it, I honestly don't think that deck is as oppressive as initially made out to be. I'm sure it could be built in an oppressive way, but I think a lot of the common strategies we see, it's a pretty fair deck, right?
1: Yeah, most of the tutors are, like, in green, and again, I think there's a way to make a strong kind of tutor for the combo-style mm. deck, but, like, your, your mono-white like is You're not getting Wishclaw Talisman. I know what you want. Exactly right. You know what I want to be doing. Uh, point being you are not typically winning to the combo. Like, a great majority of the time, you are actually winning by beating down uh, with your white creatures or whatever. You know, whatever, whatever you might be doing in your Heliad deck. So, I think there's going to be a lot of fun ways to splice that combo in there. And again, that's a combo that takes a good amount of investment and does not just necessarily kill you on turn 5, right? Mm-hmm. Like, typically, gonna... unless they've got a lot of pieces to the combo, it's a... You know, if they kill you early, it's because they had like, four or five cards to their combo. And, and we then pro- later, yeah, they only need two. But, like, if they do everything in one turn, it costs three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. It costs nine mana to do it in one yeah, turn. Is that nine right? Nine mana.
2: Yep. Yeah, you got to you got to pay four
1: for your two-counter thing, two to give it lifelink, three for your Heliod. We played, so, what, like, ten, twelve games of that
0: deck, and we comboed once. Right. And, like, were able to threaten the combo... Another time, maybe like twice, right? But most of the times, like you said, we were just getting down there with just white weenie beats, right?
2: I like the deck so much is like just Heliod on his own is just gonna like bring beats, just like turn two Daxos and like turn three Heliod, and now you're just looking at just like big big dudes swinging Mm -hmm. in real fast.
0: So outside of obviously the obvious is here in Breach and Inverter. Are there any other cards on your radar? You guys are thinking maybe we just pop right now, or do you just, do we just take care of this and wait again?
2: Um, I have a feeling. I have a sneaking suspicion that there's a third ban here somewhere.
0: I'm I'm almost thinking we're gonna see like a backdoor to fairy ban finally.
2: Ooh, Ooh. that's bold. Ooh. Hmm. I I was thinking that like they were gonna ban. Just uh, some random, like, red card, or maybe some random uh, utility card that people are playing.
0: I almost feel like, though, so the other third card I can see is... Uh, I almost assume that if we ban Dig Through Time, they just take out Treasure Cruise at the they same time. take out Treasure Cruise
1: also.
2: No, no, please, no.
0: That's <laughs> worst case, but I, I think if we're, I'm gonna, like... Uh, go for the Hail Mary here I'm going to call like a, a, a Three Fairy band, something interesting like that
2: mm-hmm. Three Fairy oh. I don't know if that does anything right now
0: uh, Well here's the thing right, you have to think of What's going to come back into prominence And I feel like the two big decks that are going to make a comeback Are going to be Azorius Control And Niv to Light And those are two decks that just thrive Off of Three Fairy that's
2: true. That's true. I mean, I want Three Fairy Gun as much as everybody else does because it's not a fun magic card to play with or mm-hmm. against. It doesn't... In any format. Yeah. Uh,
1: it's right. boring. So, i would actually co- fine the
2: Thought sees ban. I also see uh, Othanissa but...
0: un- unban. Othanissa unban, yeah. I, I still, I literally, if we do ban a Three Fairy, I do want to see if we can live with Sahili combo coming off.
2: There's no way they're going to ban inverter combo and, yeah. and then unban Seheeli
0: combo. combo. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. No you're you're right that. there. Uh, all right, any other
2: closing thoughts on the bans? It probably needed to happen.
0: Like It definitely needed to happen. Like,
2: ad nauseum in modern is just not playing ad nauseum anymore. They're just playing inverters.
0: Yeah, I just feel like, you know, it, it feels like a week or two too late. Um, and tinfoil hat theory time, maybe. I think they let this go on for a week or two longer. Uh, almost just to drive people back to Standard.
1: Oh, that's, that's so, the, the big conspiracy. Next time we take that trip that. to Olive Garden, we'll see if we can find any sure. undisclosed documents laying around that may have I gotten. I think you
2: need to do that. Have you played Standard recently?
1: Yeah, I've definitely it's looked at Standard recently. It's
0: so much fun. Not as fun as Pioneer will be it's after. Not, really no, definitely not
2: as much as Pioneer. But, like, it is the strongest Standard I've ever played in, like, mm-hmm. forever. Like, since, like, Warwind Standard. Like, the cards are just so powerful.
0: Yeah. I mean, you know, Chris, we definitely, you know, several weeks ago, uh, you know, I might have uh, taken in jest your statement that Theros was going to be uh, busted. And, uh, well, my friend, you were definitely correct. I,
1: I feel like I feel like that was the most accurate hot take that, that got taken hotly. Is that a phrase? I still think you, Eldraine you smell is more toast? broken than Theros. Nope. You are wrong.
2: What, uh, why?
1: Because Theros is, like, breaking multiple formats. What you have in, like, From Throne was, like, Oko. Okay.
2: And Once. Um, and Adventures.
1: I believe Once Upon a Time is, uh, legal and modern, though, right? It is. You're about yeah. to see some cards banned out of the Breach and Thassa decks from, from Pioneer.
2: I mean, Once is already banned in Pioneer.
1: Sorry, I meant Modern.
0: All right. So that's enough on uh, on band thoughts here, we're gonna obviously come back to this next week once the band's actually get announced. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely, the most shocking thing I think will be if they just put out a blanket statement that just says uh, the forehand is fine and we are gonna let her ride.
2: That would be the the funniest thing. That would be the worst thing.
0: Uh, okay, so let's move on to we have uh, several big events like we talked about last week in the. Uh, immediate area of texas coming up here in a few weeks uh you know one's a little smaller but you know there's some interesting stuff that it's going to get us us together again outside of trying to travel for like a little fnm type event uh obviously modern regionals is happening on saturday uh, but chris and i'll be making the trip to dallas to go play in a pioneer 10k the sunday afterwards and then the saturday after i'm looking at playing in a super iq near me and am uh, oh, think- one. Yeah, Ricky's taking, thinking of taking a trip here for that. And then at the end of the month, again, the Hunter Burton Memorial. Uh, great three-day event. as a fundraiser for Suicide Awareness. Uh, if you guys are able to make the drive or trip to it, highly recommend. It's always a fun time. It goes for a great cause. And I think the three of us are going to try and be there for that, right?
1: Yep, at
2: least I'm going to really try.
0: Think. For for sure. Like, I'm, I'm not saying I'm going to be hanging around Saturday. I'm probably going to write up Saturday and just – have dinner with some of our odessa friends right our west texas friends
2: or the odessa boys gonna be there they're gonna be there oh the odessa boys
0: so i think uh, i'm gonna try and write up saturday uh i'll probably write up friday night actually and just hang around dallas then just try and do dinner with them saturday beforehand but uh definitely i will for sure try and be there for sunday on pioneer um so yeah clearly there's some big events coming up uh what are what are we all planning on what are we thinking about playing in these big events right
2: well, mine is post-ban.
0: Yours is going to be post-ban, so you've got some interesting thoughts. Are you going to maybe switch over to something, Ricky, or are you going to stick to the tried and true Phoenix?
2: <sighs> I play so much Phoenix. <laughs> but I'm really feeling dread.
1: You can hear in his voice the struggle of a man who is torn in half.
2: It's true. Like, Phoenix not what it used to be. I will fight that it is a viable deck forever. Um, mm-hmm. But I definitely am working harder for my wins than other decks are. Um,
0: Do you think yeah. inverter being out of the format will help your matchups or will help your? Help It'll your definitely deck?
2: help. It'll definitely help. Um, but man, I have been playing the Sulti Dredge list, not the not the Delirium list, but Sulti Dredge. Mm-hmm. And man, it is spicy. It is so explosive. And like sometimes you just lean back on Oro, you know, lean back. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Do the
0: Rockaway? Yeah. How many how many euros are you up to at this point? Like a million?
2: <laughs> There's three euros in the deck.
1: We were asking Ricky. Uh, uh, he was asked we were like, well, what did you guys play?" And Ricky was like, "I don't think I played any uh, Pioneer this weekend." And Rukmin was like, "Oh, we know you didn't." And Ricky was like, "Well, how?" And my like, comment I was, "Well, we didn't see a picture of you owning about four more Uros from your price yeah, packs. So. It's true. Uh,
2: it's true. Uh, Papa, Papa blessed oro blessed my prize packs. Uh, so Several weeks. Thankfully, thankfully opened a bunch of oros and so playing them. And uh, the deck is super sweet. Murfolk secret keeper really helps the problem of like I can only keep hands with stitcher supplier it also helps the can... problem of inverter <laughs> oh yeah that also was it was a good against inverter as well but I think the deck is still fine against a lot of the other decks it just gets tanked on by Bant spirits
0: okay and uh, I think that's a good segue uh, for me to talk about a deck that I'm gonna play unless you huh. want to are you, still, are you still are are you you messing around with Heliod still? Do you want to talk about that? Like,
2: no, no, no. T- tell me about how you're going to crush me with Bant Spirits.
0: <laughs> well, you see, I'm going to crush you with Bant Spirits, and that's, I think, uh, enough said. Uh, right now, that's definitely the deck I'd be leaning towards. You know, I uh, We've talked through every week, I feel like I was talking about how I was playing a different deck, uh, but definitely Bant Spirits has really captured that uh, tempo soul in me just because when you get a Rattle Chains down and you just get to play any threat you want at instant speed... Uh, you know, that's some powerful magic. And you know. uh, Spell Queller's a hell of a drug. You're, you're always going to hit a relevant Coco. Even your bad Cocos that just hit like a Lord in a Mausoleum wander are still adding ton of power to the board, right? Um, the deck is just very fast-paced, and you don't have a lot of 90-10s, but I will say almost every matchup feels like a 60-40 at least. Either at way.
2: least... To beat me at sacrifice.
0: Price. Yeah, exactly. And talk uh,
2: about Steiner math, let me tell you, like, when when your opponent swings with Bant Spirits and they're sitting there they're like, Hold on. One, two, three, four, five, six. Oh, but this lord. So seven, eight, nine, ten. Mm-hmm. Oh, this lord. Uh, eleven, twelve, and, thirteen. And two more oh, spirits entered, so my mausoleum. Uh, two more spirits plus entered three, plus the plus battlefield, two. so another yeah. two points, and I'm just like, Oh my god. I'm so but
0: then, uh, but I do cry whenever my opponents realize, "Hey, I have Hushbringers. This card seems really good."
2: Huh. Uh, you found like one of like 25 people, exactly 25 <laughs> people in the world playing Hushbringer. Four of
0: probably, probably. Uh, But no, I think the deck is. You know, I we had one of our listeners who uh, sang nothing but praises of Bant spirits, and I, I felt like for the longest time, like it was a very powerful deck that just hadn't had the right format to shine. And I feel like where we're at now, even potentially post-ban, it's going to be a good time for the deck. I
2: uh, the only other deck, Hushbringer, Croxa. The,
0: the only other deck that's really really on my radar right now um, is, you know, I can probably play any variant of Mono Red, but that just doesn't seem like it's exciting to me. Um, I have the cards to play the Simic Eldrazi list going around right now. Unfortunately, I don't, I haven't gotten a chance to go out and play it yet to feel comfortable taking it to uh, the 10k next weekend. So I probably for sure at least locked in bad spirits at least for the 10k. Um, what's but from you know, Zach, share
2: with what's us. What's that?
0: Oh yeah. So um, so the deck is essentially so I, it popped up I want to say about two weeks ago, five owing a preliminary I think, and okay. then some people have just been playing it in leagues and stuff like that since then. Uh, it plays it plays your regular, it plays four of Lenor Elf, four of Elvish Mystic, um, a couple scavenging oozes in the main board, a whopping four of Brazen Borrower, but then the Eldrazi comes from the fact that you are playing four Thought Not Seer and four... Um, reality Smasher. Reality Smasher. I was going to say world breaker, but it's Reality Smasher. And then around the decks you play a few um, Heart of kieran, some Lovestruck Beasts, and some... Vivian Archbow Ranger.
2: Where are we generating this colorless mana? Uh,
0: you're playing a suite of three Ipney Rivulet, three Hash Heap Oasis, uh, four Galvamaya Coast, and a really spicy include in two Blast Zones.
2: Wow, that's some Ooh, colorless mana.
0: That is so. There's a lot of colorless mana. Uh, I. In, in sort of the, the little bit of goldfish I've done with the deck so far, again, I haven't gotten a chance to actually play it yet. Um, it I feel like it's lacking draw power, just to keep refilling your hand up, like I had with the Simic uh, Flash decks earlier that I was playing on in the format, or the Mono Green decks that got to play Greathenge. So I think it needs to maybe shore up that, but the deck's getting results, so I can't really complain too much without a lot of hands-on experience with it. So uh, that's just the deck I've been kicking around right now. So uh, Chris, I think we've got a lot to talk about with you, my friend. Because, uh, well, let's start with what you're playing next weekend.
1: Um. Well, this up- upcoming weekend, the game plan is to jam the uh, the big bad guy of the format. We're going to lower ourselves down to the yep. uh, dirty net deckers and play some Demir Inverter. Yeah. Because and, it's been uh... a while since I've. It's been a while since I've uh, went to a big-time event and played while. the best deck. It's been a while. So I really was like, well, you know what? Let me go to an event uh, in a format that I've been playing a fair amount of and play the best deck and see see where I can do. Um, I spent a long time in my Magic career brewing, and getting having decent results, I definitely won a lot of Grand Prix trials back in the day when those actually existed. And uh, went to some GPs, but it can be hard to brew, especially on a, on a semi-professional level. So the times that I just took the best deck in the format and learned it, I cashed like five consecutive TCG when they had tournaments and SCG events in a row or something like that. So, mm-hmm. uh, so that's why that's my excuse for playing the Dirty Demir Inverter deck. And uh, yeah, we're gonna take that to the 10K and see what happens. And you know what? No, I was actually playing um, Junk Reanimator, I think.
2: Oh, the Wrights deck? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yep. That was a good deck.
0: Um, I mean, Chris, I mean, we... I hate to say it, but we, we did play a few games of it this last weekend. I, I mean, I, I don't hate to say it, because I, I definitely mentioned it on Twitter that we that we played a few games with it. Yeah. And uh, I definitely think... Uh, Ricky, you're definitely right. The deck is a lot of fun to play. And I hope that uh, our opponents also thought for us, that.
1: It was definitely not fun uh, for You know, because... I'm going gonna,
0: I'm gonna to still imagine and pretend that all parties involved had a fun time. Definitely. I'm sure uh, the whole
1: time that we thought these, like, multiple times yeah. in one game, they were like, man, I this t- is a lot of fun.
0: I tell you what, at, like, I 11, these cards 11, anyway. 11, 12 at night, when we're just running out naked uh, inverters on turn four, knowing that our opponent can do nothing about it on ours, we went on turn five. Yep. Uh, I think what, like, so now that we've actually gotten hands-on experience with the deck— uh, and I don't want to, again, hijack this, but I think it is important to note something that I noticed in that the deck surprisingly f- plays very linear. Right. And I think that is what makes it also powerful compared to other combo decks where you're constantly trying to amass the right components and find the right pieces, right? I mean, how many games right. where we just, like, opt into thought season, to thought erasure, into we just get to win?
1: Yeah, all the time. We just closed our eyes, thought seized our opponent, and then we ended up with the right cards in our hand to win. Because our our combo only takes two cards. It's pretty hard to interact with. Because like, if you kill our creature part of our combo, it doesn't matter. If you kill the like, you can kill the second half of the combo as our triggers are resolving, and that's like relevant. But other than that, you know what I'm saying? Like by that point, you don't have any removal spells because we've thought seized all of them out of your hand. Mm -hmm. or thought eraser them so that was just what was kind of like a little dirty about it It was like the game played out pretty similar every time was like we're going to draw some number of thought seizes cast them make sure the coast is clear if it isn't we're going to you know uh, dig through time into more thought seizes or opt into more thought seizes and get where we're trying to go all the while killing your creatures if you're trying to beat us down with those
2: did you get to live the dream of uh, play inverter and just beat them down
1: no, because we just always won every game through we, the combo. Uh, Never got that a, far.
0: I think there was one game where we had to wait a turn after Inverter to win. Right. But, like, seven out of eight games we played, we won the exact next turn.
1: Yep. Yeah. We won, like, us uh, very, very little Now, keep in mind, these were practice queues. It's not like we were playing against, like, a bunch of mono-white and like, the, the top end of the format. We were definitely playing against some... Um, some, some brews or some not, like, slightly yeah, tuned think... Like, or just some takes on... Some exactly of the
0: meta right. decks, right? Like exactly right. But, There's a lot of meta still, decks that have kind of had some different. Takes that hands-on stuff. experience, I feel like, is going to be very emulative of any kind of matchup you're playing in, right? Sure. So that was, I think, an interesting thought. So you know, obviously, we talked ad nauseum at the beginning of this this episode about how Inverters probably getting hit, right? right. Uh, at least fingers crossed it's getting hit. Um, what are What are your plans for after?
1: Yeah, so um, I, like everybody, I do really like the Heliod combo, um, but I also really love me some Green Black. So I've been looking for ways to, like, kind of throw, um, traverse the Uvenwalds into a Heliod deck so, like, you don't have to play as many Heliods. You can just tutor up for it when you need it um, and kind of try that take on the deck. Okay. I've seen a couple takes out there before, but I think they were they were not very heavily explored. Like I saw some oh, people like kind of
0: um, like the Absandaleerium lists.
1: Yeah, 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 and I've seen some people kind of put some some kind of moderate attempts into it and kind of dismiss it afterwards. And I was kind of going, well, there's a lot of cards that I personally would change, especially after kind of seeing how the deck played. So I, I think there's some some brewing that I want to do there. Um I may just give up and play some Lotus Breach if I want a combo. I'm not really sure. My, I'm probably the worst person to ask because I've kind of got a lot of things in mind, but it probably involves the colors green, black,
0: or white. Oh, I'm well aware. I mean, we I feel like we have a nightly conversation of, Chris, what are you playing? And I mm-hmm. felt like I might have been pushed a little too hard, but I knew we had to get you to decide on a deck list for this weekend, like, or else it was yeah. really going to be
1: too late. Yeah, very true, very true. So, I gave in for this one. Like I said I definitely wanted to just play the best deck, but in the future, you're probably going to see me playing some color combination of junk colors. Those are probably probably my favorite colors when it what when it happened, really comes down to it. What
2: happened to Chris always sleeve Steam Vents clone? Always
1: sleeve Steam Vents is very true. That that typically is how it goes um because I it's well, they're already sleeved, so <laughs> yeah, it's less work. <laughs> they're 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 technically are still sleeved in and, and going. So, the other half of the uh of, of that color combination is, is my true love. But typically when I'm getting to play combo decks, like I ultimately love to play red, red-blue red combo decks, and I feel like Lotus Breach does cheat a little bit by playing green. So when I'm not playing combo decks, I tend to want to thoughtseize my opponent.
0: All right, Well, very cool. Well, uh, you know, hopefully in this next episode, we've got some good band discussions, and hopefully we'll uh, Chris and I will have had some success of this upcoming 10k. And uh, if you listeners, because this episode will go out on Friday, if you are going to be at that event uh, and you f- and you see us, walk up and say hi. We'd love to talk to you. I, knew, I know that we have uh, plenty of listeners here around Texas, uh, so the odds of you being there are hopefully kind of high. And some and in Belgium. And, and some in Belgium. We have the one in Africa still. I'm really proud of that one in Africa. There you go. Uh, so, yeah. So, uh, it's an
1: international society of
0: people who listen to Yeah, definitely. Here. And uh, hopefully we'll be bringing you a place to gather here in the near future as well, um, so we, you know, Chris, you're talking about some of your favorite cards to play. So let's take that as a transition to, uh, you know, Pioneer's going to start opening up again here soon. Uh, gentlemen, what are your, what are your? Give me like three cards each on some of your favorite cards to play in Pioneer. Ooh.
2: Um, this is a little little small known mythic from this tiny little set called uh, Guilds of Ravnica. Okay. Ooh. Really, really, just a just a trash mythic. Like nobody even wants it. But uh, uh it's called Arclight Phoenix. Yeah. <laughs> what does that card uh, do? So it's a it's a four mana three two haste. I know pretty bad on curve. Oh, that doesn't
1: that doesn't sound very pretty good. Bad, bad on curve. curve. Yeah.
2: But uh, if it's in your graveyard somehow and you okay. m- somehow manage to cast three instant sorceries on your turn, it uh-huh, comes. That's a lot of instant sorceries. It comes into play during combat.
1: Well, how much does it cost when you do
2: that? Uh, it costs nothing. Does it nothing. cost like two? No, actually, there's no activation cost for that. It just comes back. It just back comes back for play. free. Mm-hmm. In combat. Wow,
1: that is a strong magic card. It has hate. Seems really good. It's a. It's How come I've right never heard card. of it before?
2: Um, cause uh, you know, it's it's uh, it goes to the graveyard, and there's a lot of graveyard hate, and gotcha. sometimes you don't draw your phoenixes, and you just sit around casting ops and treasure cruises, and laughing hmm. at your hand of oh, more God. ops and treasure cruises. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, definitely well, anyway. if I were to name a card that would be my favorite card
1: okay
0: and uh, do you have like two other picks to go with it yes treasure cruise and thing in the ice <laughs> uh,
2: <laughs> creeping chill okay. ah okay alright alright uh, that card's really 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 not fair uh, if you mill it of course
0: so Gavin if you're, if you're listening like we know you are because I'm sure you're out for, for Chris's blood uh, ban that too Mm-hmm.
2: No, 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 no. Don't ban that. Don't ban that at all. We've got so much graveyard hate. It doesn't matter. And then probably my third favorite card is honestly uh Stomping Giant. Bone Crusher Giant. Okay, a Bone cool. Crusher Giant. Okay, yeah, cool. That's a good one. Uh, that card is its just so good. It's just unbelievably good. It's two cards for one card. It curves into itself. You can instant speed the first half, then untap and recast the front half. And then for some reason it punishes your opponent for removing it.
0: Like if like I think I've asked this before, but if if the Bone Crusher Giant half was just a four three.
2: It would is still, it still see good? play in every format that it's seeing play in now.
0: Yeah, like it's still pretty good.
2: Like the extra bonus damage, like all, honestly, I play I've played a lot against this card. My opponent like my opponents have forgotten about it all the time, I always have to remind them about it. Mm-hmm. Right. Hey, you're taking damage also. And I'm just like, yeah, hey, uh they're like what why are you at 8? And I'm like, oh, because I had to lightning strike your giant and it hurt me for doing that. You know, it's just sort of like <laughs> absolutely insane. Uh, technically, it is a downside. You cannot uh, you cannot boggle up your giant because it will hurt you.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: But uh, yeah, I don't want think... you
1: bouncing it and recasting the instant part of it. Oh my
2: lord. A lot
1: of them do that, right? Like uh, Murderous Rider has a thing where like because that color might let you put cards from your graveyard back into your hand yeah, that's it why it, it goes back it goes to, the to the bottom. bottom yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I don't want you just recasting that.
2: Um it's why it's why uh, Brazen Borrower can't bounce your own stuff.
0: Yep. Because right. you could just uh,
2: loop two Brazen Borrowers. Also very annoying. <sighs> speaking of another card that I really like, Brazen Borrower. Um uh I I played my Brazen Borrowers against a Gideon's intervention the other day. My poor opponent. My poor yep. I, I remember I sent you the judge call?
0: Yes, you did send me the judge call.
2: Yep. So my opponent played Gideon's intervention. And uh, they named Brazen Borrower.
0: Yep, and then you cast and Petty so Theft.
2: so I Petty Theft and bounced it, and they <laughs> cast it again, and they go, Petty Theft. And I'm like, okay, I'll flash in two Brazen Borrowers. <laughs> and they go, well, they don't do damage, because I named Petty Theft. And I'm like, no. That's the not how petty works. Theft doesn't deal damage to you.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Hey, adventure, adventure is a very strong mechanic, I think we've come to realize.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's me. Uh, who else yep. to go next? Grokman wants to go next. Yeah,
0: I'll go next. Uh, I'll start with the card you did name. Uh, Brazen Borrower, man. I, having not really played much of Standard, and Pioneers only my real exposure to Brazen Borrower, man, it is, like, everything I really want, I feel like. And, you know, I'm going to say it is, like, one of the perfect tempo cards, uh, but I will caveat that apparently uh, nobody who plays this game understands what tempo means. That's a bold
1: statement.
2: Um, yeah. Um...
0: Look, there's a lot I, of people that play this game. I, I have played. that's a that's a pretty common thing I've seen from like LSV to other people too. Uh and as someone who has played like that blue green uh tempo deck that we that I had a few weeks ago, right? Mm. Uh, I just kept getting told that it was a control deck because it played like four counter spells in it. Right. Uh, no one no one understands what tempo is. But I mean like it's for two mana, right? Like you get to bounce not just a creature, it is a any non land permanent. Your opponent and then controls and your opponent controls, right? And, like, you can reset, like, Gideon's Intervention. You can reset Planeswalkers. Like, it just, it does a lot. And at two mana, it's a card that can come down early if your opponent's got one of the plethora of three mana five fives that they play can play on turn two, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, just to try and set them back or, you know. Um, and then on the, on the creature side, Brazen Borrower for... One blue blue, which isn't that hard of a convert, hard of a mana cost to hit. You get a flash flyer. The only downside is, you know, he can only block creatures with flying, which again, not that much of a downside because you're probably already bounced your opponent's big threat and then played the Brazen Borrower the same turn, right?
2: Uh, it's is it's definitely a... there Three. to like not make another V click, because like sure, V click right. used to just be able to like flash in, like mess with your hand, and then also trade with your guy that you didn't want to trade away. V-Click being Vendillion-Click people who
1: have started playing in the last, like,
2: 10 years. But
0: I, like, even even when I'm playing Banned Spirits, you know, some people don't play it, but I I still play 2 Love in my main board, and I've won a lot of games because of it.
1: Yeah, I I think the most relevant thing is, like, the, you know, spell that also comes with an evasive beater. Yep. You know, three damage in in a color that typically... And then, coincidentally, it also gets
0: pumped by Empyrean Eagle... Because Imperial Eagle pumps creatures flying, not spirits.
2: It also curves into itself. It's also just the... It is the epitome of all the adventure cards.
0: Yeah. I, all the good adventure cards really just curve into it themselves, right? What like, if
2: Murderous Rider cost 4, but he was a 3-4? That'd
0: probably be, really, like, too good, almost. That would be too good? Yeah, especially with a life-linking body, still.
2: Yeah. Like, he's That's a Kalidus. Like, he's essentially a Kalidus that killed your yeah. guy. And curves mm-hmm. into himself.
1: Yeah, that's probably too good.
2: That's not a
1: yeah. It's not a ton different. I'm trying to think of like what's the difference between the three and the four. It can't be lightning striked I guess it can't be abraded. I'm trying to think of like what. Why does that matter a ton? I mean, like so the three attack. I think is a th- is a different thing of it. But like,
0: uh, like, it's, like skewer.
2: You're not casting like your murderous the... rider on turn three anyways, unless you're like way ahead or like yeah, you re- way behind. You're way behind. You're
1: not casting your creature. I see what you're saying. Yeah. You're casting swift end. Right.
2: You're casting swift end. So, like, right, right. he's the only adventure card that's seeing a lot of play that I feel like doesn't curve into himself. Right. Well, I mean...
0: Well, because he is just flat across the board at three, Fay of right?
2: Wishes, but Fae of Wishes is another problem.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, so, after Brazen Borrower, uh, again, another card I've talked about a bit uh, is, honestly, the Great Henge. Uh, okay. That card, that card, you know, um, a lot of the green decks we've seen over the past, you know, they... You just hit a point where you just run out of cards in hand and you're just playing just a big dumb dude off the top or hitting a land. And mm. then, but like a Great Henge with its cost reduction ability, you can play it out very fast. And we talked about it last week with the uh, the Lugari Aggro decks, right? Where, you know, now you're playing a Rotting Regisar on, potentially on turn two into an easy turn three Great Henge. And then you can play a follow-up. Also, let's not forget the thing taps for two green mana that also gains you some life when you do that. Right. Like, the card is an all-in-one package that is just a fire-and-forget rocket of any creature you play afterwards is going to, one, get bigger, probably draw you into another threat that you then get to repeat the process over again. And that mana cost can be looks daunting, but I tell you what... I've cast it turn three and four highly consistently.
1: Yeah, I've definitely seen that. The, um, activated ability on Great Henge where you tap to add mana, you don't have to use the mana, right? You just, if you tap it and add to green, you gain two life?
0: Yeah, I mean, I've played plenty of games against, like, Monred with the deck where I You're just, like, you life.
1: Yeah, yeah, just end of turn, you just tap your Great Henge and gain two life, like... There's a card in Theros Limited that like adds a mana or something, and it gains you a life if you control a God. And like a lot of people forget that you could just use it to gain life if you want to.
0: Oh, um, the uh, the, ro- the man- three mana rock, the pantheon. Yeah, yeah, that one. Yeah, and that's yeah. another
1: one that like don't forget Green Hedge or something. You can just tap for mm-hmm. gameplay tips provided by Chris here, of course. Uh, <laughs> to just tap that to gain you some gain you some life if you need.
0: Yeah, and then my final favorite card is again another green card that can provide you with advantage. Uh, as you can see, I, I definitely love playing some green cards that give me advantage uh, in the mid range because I feel like that's where Pioneer, in my opinion, really thrives. Is when it's there. There's a lot of variance in the mid range strategies, right? But I like pioneers a mid range format. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's again, that's just personal preference. But I feel like mid range are still a pre- plenty of wide open strategies, right? Uh, mm-hmm. And that is Tireless Tracker, a oh. the the two man the three mana two two. A human scout that, when a uh, land enters the battlefield under your control, you get to investigate, which gives you a clue token. That for two mana, you can sacrifice it, and whenever you sacrifice a clue, it gets plus one plus. It gets a one one counter. So right. it is just a card that rewards you for just playing your game out. Like you play it on turn three or turn two off a mana dork. Next turn, you play a land, and now you get. Uh, it's it's not immediate. It's not an immediate resource, right? But it is there so that you can keep. I almost like it better because you can keep using your hand and it just stays there until finally you need it and you start using it for to gain back advantage when you're already out of cards right mm-hmm uh, so yeah those are my my three real picks
2: those are good picks Chris what you got
1: um it's a little bit tough because I feel like I'm gonna not say my favorite card uh, which is also. Arclight Phoenix. Aww. I'll pick three other ones. No,
2: you can say uh, it. We can be Arclight... No, no, no.
1: We, we're always we, Arclight, we were, we Arclight were boys. Buddies. We were Brazen Buddies. We're uh, Brazen Buddies. Brazen Barrow, another card that I'm a big fan of. I'll go to some of the other sides of the color pie. Um, as I know I've, I've kind of talked about potentially banning it because I think it's pretty strong, but Thoughtseize is actually a card that I'm a big fan of. Uh, I really like checking to see if the coast is clear. When I played a stupid deck that played Kilm Fiend and a bunch of pump effects. Like the best card of the deck that got banned was Jetaxian probe. Mm-hmm. And it was meant to target stupid infect, but it also hurt that deck a lot. Because you were always checking to see if the coast is clear. So Gosh, darn typically it's horse. because I'm wanting to play some stupid combo or some stupid thing and I'm wanting to see if the coast is clear. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not an exciting card, but I do really, really like Thoughtseize for the any any deck can be made a little bit better by Thought Seizing. You know, by kind of clearing the way for whatever it is that you're going to do. So as unexciting as it is, I'd probably say some thoughtsies. Um Man, there's a lot of cards that are kind of simple that are my favorite. I, I, I'm going to say this. I'm not going to say this is one of my favorite cards, but a card that I uh, – let me name an effect, right? Okay, you know, all right. Reanimation, okay? I, I would tell you that I think the Caller of Eternity is kind of seeing – is being criminally underplayed. Uh, I know Ricky also loves Dredge. I don't like Dredge as much as I just want to reanimate something, but as we've kind of seen, I don't feel like the creatures in this format are just quite strong enough yet. And there's also
0: all the graveyard hate in the world in, like, Mal, in in magic, except for...
2: In Theros, the creatures reanimate themselves.
1: You don't need
2: a reanimation card. They can just always reanimate.
1: Yeah, but, uh... The card that I'm thinking of, like, like maybe Zetalpa is a card worth doing, mm. but, like, again, because you've got, like, different cards are so popular in this format that aren't as popular. Like, I'm trying to think of, like, where's a format where a bounce effect is extremely popular?
2: Um, yeah, pioneer. Cook-its. Pioneer? I, I, I don't, is I don't it... know.
1: Pioneer. Yeah, because Brazen Bar was like one of the better yeah. cards, right? Like, I guess you could maybe say standard because it's also there. But like, I'm trying to think of like how many people were like, "Oh yeah, my blue deck is main decking bounce effects," and that can kind of make it tough for like creatures that have indestructible. Like your creature kind of has to have everything. I feel like that's you kinda just to you do. just want to play I mean, soul like player. you
0: mentioned like junk Rites, right? You, you mentioned you played you liked playing junk Rites. I mean, right, there's I did. there's no like Moth, right? That just or not Moth, There's no. Um, Grizzlebrand that just instantly fill your hand back up, right? There's, right, right. There's like, no, like, swag tusk.
2: Cool. You just want to play yeah. Soul Flayer. That's what you want to play.
1: Yeah, maybe. I, can, I just I I got the don't like that, that style deck as much.
2: I got Soul Flayers.
1: There you go. Maybe, maybe I'll give it a try. To you see. like playing Traverse. But, uh, I do. Yeah, there you go. I'll tell you what, Traverse. Traverse will be my, my second card. I really like that style of effect. Um, being able to tutor, uh, that will be my official answer. I think if, that's a the, lot of fun. If your
0: third pick is in Wishclaw Talisman,
1: I'm going to be, like, Why did you give up? Why did you ruin?
2: <laughs>
1: Why did you ruin my third pick? Well, we, we had a rocky road. You couldn't let me have it.
2: We had a rocky road, so we were just double-checking on you, you know? Yeah. Make sure the coast yeah. is clear. And then
1: here Ruckman goes, just destroying my third pick. I'm like, oh, I better be with I'm Like, thanks, Ruckman. You couldn't let me just have it?
0: I, look, like Ricky said, we we we. someone was smelling the toast while we were working on that pick, too. I had to make sure... <laughs>
1: Yeah, (laughs) fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, Maybe you can edit out my stroke having there. No, 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 Uh, leave it. (laughs) My third pick is obviously Wishclaw Talisman, uh, all-star from uh, Throne of Eldraine. That card, mark my words, should be broken in this format. You should not be allowed to spend one mana to tutor up any card in your deck. And it's probably healthy for the format that that card is not uh, used. That card sees play in, like, Legacy and vintage so that for one mana you can tutor stuff. Okay,
0: but like but... what's the best thing you're doing pioneer? Tutor I Ashiok so your opponent can't tutor themselves? Like
1: Yeah, no, no, it's it's thankfully, you know, um Demir Inverter doesn't need it because they've got a better card than Wishclaw Talisman and Dig Through Time. So mm. because they don't need that kind of effect, but hey, you know, you ban Dig Through Time and you don't take care of the main problem, we might be casting some Wishclaw Talismans.
2: Is is giving the card part of the cost, or is it an effect?
1: Um, It's not part of the cost, I don't believe. It's part of the it's resolution. It's part of the resolution. Of the, mm-hmm. the resolution of the effect, yeah.
2: So, I could activate Wishclaw, and then, like, do something to it? Sacrifice yes. it, yep. You sure Yeah. Mm-hmm. To, like, Mayhem Devil or Slaughter Priest or something? Yep,
1: sure. You could. I don't know if those cards let you sacrifice as much as they give you an effect when you sacrifice, but yes. Mm-hmm. Right, right, right.
0: We could, like, a Tog in a way, I guess. Yeah. I'm sure there has to you be a patient.
1: Could, you, could, you could play Wishclaw Talisman, tutor for Emrakul, play Emrakul to take your opponent's turn, activate Wishclaw Talisman for something crappy to give yourself back the Wishclaw Talisman. All right,
0: here we go. That's a good option. All right, yeah. all right.
1: Yeah, yeah. You guys see, this is my mind. My mind has envisioned all the possibilities All right, all right. Talisman.
0: The toast is wearing off. The, the, the yeah. big brain plays are coming. The big okay, brain
1: plays are here. All right, enough of my rambling. Let's move on. All um, right, we, we love you, though. Thank you.
0: Uh, all right, so let's let's finish off here, uh, Chris. Do you want to summon the theme song here for Doesn't Slap?
1: Play that beautiful bean footage.
0: Ah! All right, Chris. Thanks once again for, for providing us that great, great uh, bit of intro music for this uh, segment here. We're You're back once again with uh, Doesn't Slap, where again our listeners provide us a deck list and we take a look at it to give it a, a rating on a scale of whatever we choose and this week Uh, are
1: yes what what do the viewers uh, by viewers i mean listeners have to pay to make us look at their deck is there some kind of fee involved what what are we charging for this
0: Uh, we are charging nothing you for free for free free
1: 99 what theoretically if i wanted to have this very podcast look at my deck list what would i need to do um, every weekend I will send
0: out a tweet. Unfortunately, I forgot this weekend, so it was uh Monday this week. Uh, but just keep an eye out on our Twitter, which is at crew3podcast. And keep an eye out for the tweet that'll go out every week. And you will see me asking for deck lists. And if we don't get picked, hey, r- feel free to resubmit it. Uh, that would definitely be great. And uh, yeah, don't even bother asking, just submit your deck list and uh. You know, uh, sometimes it, uh, something will just catch my eye. And uh, this week, uh, our deck list was submitted to us by our listener Crosswick, who's at Cycros, who gave us a take on the Golgari Agra deck we talked about last week, with mm-hmm. what he is calling uh, Black Green chonky, red, chonky Rock. Chonky Rock. Chonky Rock, alright. Rock Chonky. So, uh, the deck list here, which you guys should have in front of you now. Uh, is playing three elvish mystic, three lanoir elves, three love struck beast, two murderous rider, uh, two prowling serpent part—a card I very much enjoy—and previously right. what?
1: Yeah, it's serpent part.
0: Serpent part? No. You gotta say it as fast as possible. No, serp-a-per. no, no. serpent Look, I I don't like you making fun of this because I took a pie for this card way back when. I think this is actually the first pie bet that Ricky and I did, right?
2: I do believe so. I have the Serapod in my binder still. It says, I still love you. That's
1: I right. Don't I, still... I don't know what that card is you're talking about. I do it... know about a prowling server. Okay, uh, All It's right. definitely
2: a Mirror. Okay. Chris,
0: are you, are you, are you smelling to- toast again?
1: It's myrrh.
2: Okay.
0: All right. Uh, then it's playing three Ronas the Indomitable, two Rotting Registar, two Titleless Tracker, three Questing Beast, 2 Tasker of the Golden Fang 2 Obnixus Reignited 4 Thought Seas, 2 Abrupt Decay 3 Assassin's Trophy 3 Yeheni's Expertise uh, On top of 21 lands Cast Castle Lock, Forest Overgrown Tomb 4 Swamp 4 Woodland Cemetery And then rounding it off as a sideboard Playing 3 Pithing Needle 2 Shadow Spear 2 Damping Sphere 2 Lost Legacy 1 Farika God of Affliction hey. 4 Leyline of the Void And 1 Garrick Cursed Huntsman all right, gentlemen, where do we want to begin with this deck list? Already, um, I will say that I like what it is trying to do here, right? It's taking that Golgari Aggro list we talked about pretty highly last week, and it's trying to slow it down a bit to add just more mid-range threats to the, to the mix here. Sort of like mm-hmm. what we saw with, I, I'm assuming is the inspiration, Chunky Red, right? Which it took the aggressive red decks and slowed it down just a little bit to bring in some more mid-range power to the strategy.
1: Sure, he wants to take first crack at it.
2: Um so I like this deck. I think this deck it it has it has slapping capability. Right? It has the right. capacity to slap.
1: It's the potential to slap.
2: Uh, Four thoughts is always a great way to start your deck and you've got abrupt mm-hmm. Decays and assassin's trophies. Um I think that the we could play some fatal push maybe, but these are both definitely going to get the job done against not like hard to answer permanents. So Mm-hmm. Right. Um, I like the Mystics Atlanta Elf, can't go wrong with that. I think that Ronus the Indomitable is so hard to answer. It's such a frustrating oh, yeah. card to deal with. Um, also lets you play a lot more of the Ronus slaps, that's for sure. Yeah, that's for sure. Um the Serapod I mean <sighs> nobody's really countering your spells right now.
0: I I my my immediate thought is uh sir, pardon, you know, I still love you. But uh, I think that's at least a sideboard card.
2: I um, I do think that the Tileless Tracker, Rotting Redisaur, like, all this stuff is good here. I actually like Obnixilus Reignited. Mm-hmm. And think this card is, like, big value. Like, it's, like, the perfect mid-range card. Because, like, it's going to come down, it kills whatever your opponent has in play that they are threatening you with. Mm-hmm. And then after that, you just draw an extra card every turn, and you threaten this big... Uh, end of the game ability, or maybe to kill mm. another creature. I think this this card is great.
0: So what uh, what does scare me a little with this decklist, right? As uh, someone who has played a lot of Elvish Mystics and Lana worlds in this format, mm-hmm. um, they eat removal like it's nothing. Uh, people bolt the bird at every chance they get in this format. Right. And I'm worried that 21 lands might be too few to be casting So legit,
1: that was my first question for you. I was My first question was going to be, like, is 21 lands enough? I feel like we're at least 23 lands in this deck. Yeah. that That's something that I wholeheartedly agree with. I, I think that this is um, – we'll, we'll get to my thoughts in a minute. But, like, I, I actually wouldn't make a ton of changes to the deck. But one of the ones I think that we're probably going to need, even though it does suck to play a lot of Mana Dorks and then have a bunch of lands, but like you need more lands in case those those creatures die. You can't mm-hmm. be that short on lands. We have a lot of 4s
2: and 5s here. I like the lock point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we're only playing 8 swamps, though. Mm-hmm. Um, I think in those lands, if we just add in an org, I think we're really going to get a lot of value with that Erborg with our lock points.
0: Sure. Um, I definitely would also, you know, this... I don't know budgetary reasons here, but obviously for Blooming Marsh. The fast lands are some of the most, are like probably the best lands in the format. Probably better than four your mm-hmm. forests. Yeah.
2: Um, for sure. Uh, if we go up to like twenty-three lands, we could cut the ceratops.
0: Yeah. Um, I you know I I like our three mana five fives, but I feel like love struck beast is one of the weaker options. And I mean, like he definitely helps power out our ronus, uh, but I think we could maybe do something better with. Uh, I'm not quite sure what we're doing other than Lovestruck Beast. Like, we're probably still just playing it right because, you know, the three-mana five-fives are still very strong in this format.
1: I'm fine with Lovestruck Beast just because, like, you've got the combos with the one-ones, and it's one of the least mana-intensive ones. It costs two colors and a green, and most of the other really good ones cost triple green. No, that's fine. I
0: mean, like, I'm looking at, again, the Eldrazi list that I'm playing, and it's still playing... Struck Beast Lovestruck Beast is a card that I've accepted having to play but I'm not like excited to play Struck Beast
1: yeah it feels like all of your green creatures should have like one million abilities um, and even some of your red ones too so when you look at that and you're like wait this is a three mana five five with like a downside mm-hmm. it doesn't like have trample and death touch or like make certain creatures can't block like no my three mana five five has like a downside um, so that's why it feels odd I feel like in this,
0: Obnixilus in this you know Ricky brought some good points on Obnixilus uh, but, like, if we're if we're slamming some of these big fatties, uh, I almost, like, again, I, you know, it's definitely one of my favorite cards, but, like, is Great Henness just better in this deck? Or maybe, like, um, Vivian Arcbow Ranger?
1: Yeah, I definitely think there's some ways you could take it. I, I definitely think that for, like, if Ob Nixless is this gentleman's favorite card, like, you yeah. go for it. Like, you know what no, I'm saying? I like, this deck
0: list especially, um, mm-hmm. I feel like I'm looking at this deck list, and, like, besides the lands... I, I think I'm only making very minor tweaks to this decklist. I think... um, I don't want to say but, it's the the most complete decklist we've received so far, uh, but I feel like it's definitely the decklist I've seen so far that I definitely wanted to make the fewest immediate changes to it to feel comfortable with. For like, sure, to yeah. to me, I think I would just change, take out the of parts, add in a few more lands, and then play some rounds with it just to see where to take it from there. Uh, but now I feel like I'm looking at this and I'm just... Putting my own personal preferences over uh, how to better focus in on the deck list.
1: Yeah, and I suppose in in that regard, yeah, this is probably like a, a pretty solid great Henge deck. You you've got some running registors. Um, you know, you've got some a lot of four and five power and toughness creatures. Uh, and to Questy beast is a card class, that
0: so. was doing a lot of work that we just haven't seen in a while because uh, like next to fate just kind of dropped off the off the map, right?
1: Yeah, and, like, there's, like, this format is not as Planeswalker-dominated, I feel like, as, like... Questing is Beast, right honestly, now. maybe we'd kick Questing
0: Beast to sideboard, and we use those to play more Rotting Registrars and Tireless Trackers?
1: Yeah, I think the count, started to talk over you, I think that the count of cards is kind of, like, a little bit interesting. It's a, it's a mistake that I tend to make sometimes, too, um, and not that it's necessarily a mistake, but, like... There are no four-ofs, and it seems like of these creatures that you have, you would love, you would, like, for sure want some of them to be four-ofs. Like, a ton of three-ofs here, like, uh, you know, I get two murderous rider maybe because we've got a lot of other disrupting things, but, like... To,
0: to um... me, when you're looking at counts, right, and I don't mean mm-hmm. to talk over you again here, no. but when you're looking at counts, right, like, three-ofs to me are cards that you want to see in the game, but aren't so necessarily wanting to see them multiples,
1: and right. uh, outside but of... But like, Tracker, like, you, I would want to have, like, six of that card.
0: Yes. Uh, like, two is, like, a card you, like, want a good chance of seeing, but mm. you're not, like, hurting for it. Uh, yeah. But, like, you know, Ronas, obviously, that's a strong three, because it's legendary. Uh, the the Elves, right? Like, you don't want to be drawing them late game, but you definitely want to be seeing them to begin with. So, like, six six is probably probably a decent count if you don't want to go all in on the eight, right? Yeah. Um, but, like, yeah, I want to be seeing Tireless Tracker here. That could be a three, if not a four. Rotting register is probably the same way. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Questing Beast is a good beater for sure, but maybe that could be how we get some of the numbers up on the other cards. Uh Tassiter out two is... Tassager is a card that I don't think I've seen, like, any play in Pioneer.
2: It's a shame.
1: Yeah, I think we're gonna start see, and, seeing more of it. I think people. I think it's making its comeback. And for those similar. that
0: aren't aware, like just the, what the rock strategies are, right? They are the quintessential mid range deck that is just playing the grindy incremental advantage matchup, right? And mm-hmm. Tassiger is one of those cards that just embodies the idea of that strategy the most to me.
1: Yeah, um, I do see Henny's expertise looks like in the main board. Uh, I'm I'm not sold on that. Like I get that it's cute that you can like like put a three mana costing thing into play which is pretty good but it does kill like some of your own stuff and all of your elves so like I don't know what that's that's one that I'm like not super hot on.
0: Expertise is gonna be one of those cards I think is gonna be definitely more interesting play probably post ban when we see probably more mono red and more like uh Heliod devotion.
1: Sure.
2: I think that I'm not deck, sure they're exposing a lot of their cards. I think this deck Go ahead, slaps Rick. pretty hard as is mm-hmm. but like sure. If I am Extreme Home Makeover, right? Right. Like, if we're, like...
1: Which, obviously... If we're,
2: are. like, while, well, like, you know, TLCs while you were out, you know? Mm-hmm. I see, like, you know, we removed the seropods, we had some more tireless trackers, and we have a good time, right?
0: Put some more lands. Yeah, put some Throw more some lands fancy in there. some on It'll there. It'll be
2: cool. We'll make a little, you know, uh, hockey-themed room for the kids. It'll be fun. There you but, go. But uh, yeah. if we are full-on Extreme Home Makeover, and we're gonna move mm-hmm. that truck... You know yeah i uh, I think what we are looking at here is like a shell of a season's past deck,
0: oh, oh. okay,
2: all right, okay. so like stay with me here, like we can cut like we cut the love struck beasts, the ronus the ser sur bards
1: thank you for saying it correctly this time
2: and we cut um the Manadorks. we instead we play goose just because it has a little bit more utility than the normal Dorks. And we bring in some uh, of the five-mana tutor. <clears throat> What's it called? Seasons no, past? no, no, no. Five-mana tutor. Uh, oh, you Dark Petition. Um, from Dark oh, yeah. Dark we Petition. bring in yeah, some yeah, Dark yeah. Petition. We bring in some Seasons Past here. Uh, like, some Fatal Push. Like, a, a copy of Read the Bones. A copy of Nissa's, uh Get Three Basic Lands and Gain a Bunch of Life. And, like, a copy of Kalidus. And, like, we're there. Okay, I,
1: I I don't know if that's the direction this person's going, but I I do see, I see your the point. I see the expertise, it like it and it be, makes
2: me think yeah. mid-range control. Yeah. I see Ob This person wanted value. I see and yes, I just found some good creatures. I think the best value deck here is to convert this to a Seasons Past. It's a big change. Um, I do think it would be not too expensive of a change, honestly, because we'd be cutting cards like Ronus, and we'd be cutting cards. Um, and replacing them with, like, Seasons Past, which I don't think is worth anything right now, and Dark Petitions, mm-hmm. which aren't very expensive. The only expensive card I would want to be adding in would be a, uh, co- a single or two copies of Kalidus. Mm-hmm. And, like, yeah, this deck converts really easily. I think you you could pull out eight cards, put in two Seasons Past, two Petition, and then, like, four removal spells, and we're there. A few more lands, of course, but... I like the board wiping, Yeheni's Expertise, and mm-hmm. uh, I think, like... Casting Yehenné's expertise into like a read the bones, or Henny's expertise into a tireless tracker is going to be like huge in this season sure. pass deck. You know,
1: it's going to be huge.
0: Huge. All right. So, are we we uh, ready to kick it over to final slap ratings here? Right. I think so. All right. Uh, I'm going to give this a three out of four tireless trackers that it should be playing.
1: <laughs> okay. All right.
2: Um, Ricky, what do you got? I'm gonna give this deck two out of the four seasons that might have passed.
1: Okay. I am going to give this deck four of the six total elves that are in it for mana dorks. Uh, I I'm gonna explain my rating a little bit, as you guys obviously all can as well. I I think this deck was probably the most set up to succeed because we did not. We know there is like no budget consideration here. This is like playing. Um, you know, Thatsi's appropriate case assassins trophies, uh, questing beasts. Like they, this obviously was built in mind. It's like I just this is the color combination I want to play, and I'm gonna play whatever cards I want. So like, mm-hmm. it does have an advantage. I feel like on some of the other decks, where like this is kind of an established good cards list. Like you're playing some of the best, and most powerful cards in the format in green black. So like, you did get a little bit of a head start to, to be fair on that rating. But you know, obviously like you you stayed pretty competitive. You played good cards. You got you know this is obviously what you wanted to be doing. So uh, it's probably the strongest rating I've given so far, but part of that is because like you, you went ahead and decided to play the strong cards.
2: I think with no changes, this deck could take down F and M's and and uh, Pioneer Showdowns easy.
0: Oh yeah, no doubt, no doubt.
2: Um, I do think that for sure. I think that if you wanted to kick this up to GP level, I think you don't have to make a ton of changes. Uh, so maybe two out of four seasons sounds bad. Maybe it's three out of four seasons. But uh, I just wanted to make a four seasons joke.
1: No, very fair. Very <laughs> fair. Four seasons of the seasons passed. I thought it, I thought it was cute. I mean, no, I mean, I think it's totally fair. Again, the, the sky is pretty hard to get, right? Like, if, if somebody posted us, like, a sweet brew that was demir Inverter, we have to leave the final two points for that, you know? Right. Or a super sweet take on Heliot or something like right, that, right. you know?
0: So, actually, you know, we didn't actually talk about it a whole lot, so I don't mean to bring us back in, right? Uh, but I do like some of the considerations in the sideboard. Like, Shadow Spear going forward, if Heliod becomes a major play in the format, like, you're already there, right? Yeah. Um, I'm not super on Farika, but I do like Garrick Cursed Huntsman a lot.
2: That card is obnoxious. Uh, like, I don't know if you played against it much, but... Uh, Which one, Garrick? Yeah.
0: Oh, no, a- I've, I've been slamming Garrick when I could. It's just
2: like, how do you race Garrick? Because if you attack into him, he gets bigger. Mm-hmm. it's just so frustrating in limited or standard or in pioneer no matter what like it's like garrick comes down he makes two wolves and if you let one of those wolves die you get ulted like you you need a swift end or uh eat to extinction like immediately
1: mm-hmm. that's a card maybe we could throw in our seasons past for our six you know
2: yeah instead of this is pilgrimage i think is the card yeah mm-hmm. the, the like gain seven life get three basic lands we can play Garruk and just...
0: No, I think that's uh, Renewal. This is, this is Renewal. Pilgrimage, I think, is the uh, the Find a Forest. Yes, Still you're correct. Three.
2: Are they both in the same mm-hmm.
0: set? Yeah, uh, they're... Uh, renewal, or Pilgrimage Cold, is please. Origins, and Renewal, I think, is one of the Zendikar sets.
2: Okay, you're right. It's from Battle of Zendikar. Crisis averted. not
0: Alright, well thank you guys. Uh so who sent me to this think, deck you know, again? Thank you, Psychross. Okay. Yeah, thanks. This is a, this is a great deck list. Um and I can't wait to see what you all send in for next week. So far I we have not been disappointed, I feel like, in the deck list we've received and um every week, you know, I, I have to try and go through and pick one. Uh last week was I saw the and soul and just knew Chris is gonna love it. Uh, this week was a was a pick for me. Was a pick for the old Ruckman. So maybe next week I'll, I'll keep it out for a deck that I know uh, will just cling on to Ricky's heartstrings. Oh
2: man,
1: there you go. If it's dredge, that's your. If you want, if you want it to be featured next week, given that this is the hint, probably make a dredge oh, or man. have something with Phoenix in it.
2: Right. Yeah, just cast spells. If those spells come out of the graveyard, you get extra points. That's right.
0: <laughs> All right, old gentlemen. Thank you for joining me. Let's wrap this up. Uh, you can find the show on Twitter at Crew3Podcast. You can find these boys at...
2: I'm at its underscore Christmas with no T in the Christmas. And I'm on Twitter at, at also Steve.
0: Uh, Chris, I forgot to mention this uh, before the episode sh- uh, started, but uh, do we want to go ahead and unveil that uh, our, our big foray, our next foray into content production is going to be starting this week?
1: Yeah, we are hard at work right now um, editing the video that we put together for you guys this weekend. And hopefully that will go up before this video comes out or around the same time, uh, depending on our schedules. If and, not, uh, the, uh,
0: the podcast trailer uh, will for sure be the, – the, the YouTube channel trailer will for sure be up. Nothing fancy, but it's something to really uh, spread around to your friends who uh, maybe aren't listening to the podcast, but uh, will definitely watch YouTube content. I know
1: that podcasts aren't really for everyone. But if they want to support a couple of really cool guys,
0: wild and crazy guys, wild oh,
1: and crazy guys—that's us. That is us. And then, uh, uh, any you wanna you wanna do anything more about the um, other formats? that maybe we'll interact with us on soon, or what do you think?
0: Uh yeah, uh, let's. Uh, I think probably after this weekend, I think we uh, will sit down and really. Uh, I think we're ready to unveil those probably next week or the week after, right? Uh, I just think that, that sounds good. I think that this month is going to be really busy with all the events going on, mm-hmm. uh, but yes, we are uh, tentatively holding on to.
1: We can we can cut this part.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, that's fine. Uh, but to, uh, so other ways to interact with us are coming out. But essentially, uh, the YouTube channel will be starting hopefully this week, uh, and then we're going to keep uh, the what the YouTube channel is going to be is we're going to do a deck tech plus some games and then just some podcast clips on top of uh, anything strikes us, right? But for sure, expect at least um, some gameplay and a deck tech every week, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, very potential. Like I said, if we can't get one out, we apologize because we are definitely working um, other jobs on top of this, but um, I'm, I'm carving out more time to start doing some some video editing so we can hopefully make this weekly.
0: Yep. Uh, so, yeah, so uh, thanks for listening to our little bit of an end rant here. Uh, but, you know, we've got some exciting stuff to unveil for you guys coming out soon, And I just want to once again thank you all for listening, and uh, gentlemen, thank you for joining me. Uh, We'll see you all next time.
1: All right. Thank you, guys. Bye. Bye.